She's on the money. She's on the money. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. My name is Victoria Devine. I'm a financial advisor, a millennial, and a woman who is wildly passionate about all things finance. In this Money Diaries episode, you are going to be hearing from a 24-year-old community member who has more than $100,000 in savings. We're also going to hear, one, how she's done it, but two, the importance of having a support system around you and being surrounded by like-minded people. Ryan, what was the email she sent us this week? I've recently turned 24 and I've been working since I was 15 years old. I just got my first corporate job earning around $70,000 per year. That's a pretty good corporate job. First straight out of, out of uni. Straight out of pretty uni handy. income. I think I'm pretty decent at saving. I've saved around $110,000. Oh, yeah, just pretty decent. That's actually ridiculous. That is unbelievable. Uh, but pretty- I love that she says pretty decent. Oh, hang on. It gets worse. Worse or better? Worse. So that's her saying she's decent at saving. But I'm actually pretty terrible at being on top of my money in terms of tracking where it goes each month. I I highly dispute that. I am not (laughs) going to lie. I think that the spoiler here is into her savings. Yeah. I would love to buy a property in the near future, but at the same time, I would also love to live in the inner west or the city in Sydney and live out my hipster dreams, which is obviously quite expensive. It is so expensive in Sydney to live in anything. Well, I'm pretty sure it's a million dollars. Like, you know, there's always these viral stories. Like, for a million dollars, you get this rundown shed in the yeah, back of like someone's literally. house. All right. Uh, she currently also has $10,000 invested in an ETF, but at 24 years old with $110,000 in savings. I want to know where it came from. It's unbelievable. Is that too pervy? No. And it's, I mean, we love relatable stories, but. We also love inspirational stories yeah, that drive is... us to do better. <laughs> All right, let's call the 24-year-old with a hundred grand in savings. Hello, who's speaking? Hello, uh, is this the 24-year-old with a hundred thousand dollars in savings? It sure is. <laughs> How are you going? Good, thanks. It's Ryan here, and Victoria is with us as well. Hello. Hi. All right. So let's jump straight in. First question is, what has your relationship with money been like in the past? Um, I feel like my relationship with money in the past has been pretty good. And I think I owe that um, a lot to my parents in the sense that they helped me with building the foundation of good money and saving habits. Um, So I was brought up to really not buy things unless I had the money to pay for it outright. So I like my parents never used credit cards or laybys or things like that. So even up until now at 24, I've never had a credit card or used like the the buy now, pay later type services. And also on top of that, uh, growing up as well, like when when it came to treating myself with things like I don't know clothes and whatnot, uh, I'd never really buy anything unless it was on sale. So what do you do for work now, and how much do you earn? So I just finished a two-year graduate program in the telecommunications industry uh, at the end of 2020, earning just under $70,000 a year, including super. Uh, But at the beginning of this year, I'm starting a new role uh, with an annual salary of $94,000 a year, including super. And how much do you have in your bank account right now? Uh, So in my bank account right now, I have 
just under $120,000. Wait, hold um, on. Are you like 24? I am 24. <laughs> that is but a I have that. I that. just want to as well. Like, I live, I've lived with my family for most of my life. So, yeah, I am able to save on costs like rent. And, um, yeah, I've been working since I could work from the legal age. So, yeah, I think that's definitely helped. I love um, that you threw in legal age there. You're like, no, I wasn't a child. <laughs> Don't worry. All right. So what is your attitude towards money and what is your big money goal? My attitude towards money, well, I see money as a tool and honestly an ingredient for financial independence and freedom. Um, I really think it's important to save money for a rainy day and use money to build future wealth. So I honestly think this needs to be balanced out with mindfully spending it to enable, well, the current me to still enjoy life, whether that includes like spending money on a holiday or maybe a bougie dinner or something like that. So yeah, with all that being said, I'm not going to lie. There's been times where I've caught up, I've been caught up with comparing myself to my peers and what they earn and what they have. And I feel like I'm gradually learning to shift my money mindset to realize that whatever I'm earning and my digits in my bank account isn't going to determine whether I'm winning at life. In terms of money goals, I'm conflicted between two. One part of me would really like to sit down my roots and purchase a property, though Sydney's property prices really make my eyes water. And then the inner wanderlust in me wants to use a portion of my savings to go travelling or set up myself uh, to work overseas for a bit and use the rest of my savings to build up my shares slash investment portfolio. Awesome. So what is your attitude towards investing and do you currently have any investments? Uh, So I just got into investing in the share market last year from the encouragement of my family. Um, I've tried to educate myself on it by reading, uh, listening to podcasts like She's on the Money. I've heard of and, that one, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think watching videos as well helps me because I'm a bit of a visual learner. Um, but honestly, right now, I would say I'm still no expert on it by any means. And I feel like I don't have a complete and full understanding of it. So I can see the value in it. And I feel like that's enough. I've like lightly looked at educating myself in property investments as well, but nowhere near as much as uh, investing in the share market. Um, But yeah, my only investment right now is about $10,000 just in an ETF at the moment. Also, you do invest. That's quite significant. I hope you're proud of that. (laughs) So what debts do you currently have? Uh, Currently, the only debt I have at the moment is $32,000 of hex debt from my university degree. I double-checked my number as well. I, like, logged into my my gut account. I was like, I need to double-check this. (laughs) So good. And what would you say is your best money habit? I think as I've gotten older, I've become a bit better at being a conscious spender and really thinking about whether I really need something rather than just buying stuff because it's cheap. I'm not perfect by any means and I still have the odd slip up though. Uh, I think I, I love a Kmart bargain as much as the next person. Uh, but I think continually asking myself the question about whether buying this thing is going to make me a happier person and whether it's going to add value into my life has helped me with building good money habits. Um, and also I think uh, another thing that's helped me is watching um, the minimalism documentary series on Netflix that's really helped me really reevaluate whether uh, my perspective help me reevaluate my perspective on buying. They've just released a new documentary. Have you seen the new one? 
Yes, I just watched it uh, not last night, but the night before. And, Please yeah. educate me. All right, what are you, you are guys a talking trooper. about. Well, there's the original documentary about minimalism. Yeah, I've which, watched that. I so loved they it. brought out a new one like just last week, uh-huh. like an updated version. I guess. Well, I well, our money diaries. You probably know more than me. What is the new one about? Uh, well, the thing is, I felt like the new one was pretty. It wasn't. It was. There was definitely a little bit more storytelling around buying stuff, like like our. Not needing to buy so much stuff is still very much the core message that they were communicating in the documentary. There was, so there wasn't, it wasn't anything groundbreaking on you, but I think it, it's nice to kind of, I guess, just reinforce that every now and again. Um, so, yeah, it was really good. Uh, I, I enjoyed it still, though, so, you know, each That's their own. Yeah, and she's on the movie review will be uh, out later this week. <laughs> I love that. I'm not mad about that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, on the flip side of that, what would you say is your worst money habit? I would say my worst money habit is that I don't really keep track of my cash flow in a regimented way at all, to be honest. Uh, So, for example, if you ask me how much I spent on eating out gifts and groceries in the month of December, I don't think I could tell you at all. Or if you ask me the percentage of my income that I saved after spending on those categories, I'd have no idea. I remember there was this great quote, and I can't remember if I either had it on the She's on the Money podcast or maybe somewhere else, but it was something along the lines of whatever isn't being tracked isn't being managed. And I just remember hearing that and thinking in relation to me. That does oh, sound like something she's I not, would she's say. She's not on the money. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, not sorry, but at the same time, I think it's a good thing to to kind of have a check-in about because it does sound like you've got an epic amount of savings but to be more realistic like yes not everyone can save a hundred thousand dollars but just because you've saved a hundred thousand dollars doesn't mean you're a absolute legend at money and cash flow and budgeting always but hey I was saying this to Ryan before about your money diary that i pretty sure I know where all your money is going and it's uh, straight into savings, yeah. my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so if we forced you to give yourself a grade, what would you grade yourself? If I had to give myself a grade, I'd probably say a B plus. Uh, I feel like I have some good money habits in the form of being a conscious spender and just saving money in general because I do live a pretty frugal lifestyle, but... I know I definitely have some areas of improvement in terms of cash flow management and also uh, top-ups to my investment portfolio as well and turning that investment side of things into a money habit rather than having an ad hoc type of approach to it. I like that and I like that your justification is quite sound but Ryan and I looking at each other across the desk and a 24-year-old who saved $100,000 or $120,000 and uh, has 10K invested rating themselves as a B plus. I'm not going to lie. It's going to rub some people up the wrong way. <laughs> some people up the wrong way. <laughs> but that is okay. Everybody is different and I yep. think that, you know what, like at the same time as people being like, oh my gosh, no, should be an A. Like you've got things that you want to change personally and like we could never put a grade on you ourselves. So Ryan, just before we head into having a really great conversation with you about your money diary, we will just slip in a little word from our sponsors. We've just heard details from the 24-year-old with $100,000 in savings. And it's actually $100,000 plus in savings, one hundred and twenty. Yeah, it's like one hundred and twenty, and then a $10,000 yeah. investment. How often do you do you check it every day? I, if I had that much money in the bank, I would look at it every day. Do you look at it that often? <laughs> 
I do not look at it that often. <laughs> only if I need to transfer money from my life savings account to my everyday spending, that's probably the only time that I really kind of see it. Other than that, I just leave it there. So um, I'm curious to know, and I'll get V's thoughts as well. I've got so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> so with $120,000 in savings, and obviously at the moment the interest rates aren't that high, have you considered moving that money into investments or other areas of your life? Or why is it that it's just sitting there in the savings account? Uh, so I've been looking at purchasing my first property, actually. I went to a house inspection last Saturday, um, an apartment inspection, sorry. Something that I'm interested in doing, getting into uh, purchasing my first properties, but then at the same time, I think it's just because it's such a big purchase, I'm really, I guess a bit apprehensive about kind of laying that much down, even for a deposit for a piece of property. And I feel like it's so daunting. And I feel like as well, I still have so much more to learn. And I know I'll never get to that perfect level and full, complete understanding. But I think it's because it's such a big ticket purchase that I am testing the waters and seeing what's on the market. I like that. So can you, just to be like really pervy, how much are you saving every week? What's your your take on savings? And how did you at 24 get to $120,000 in a savings account? To be honest, I have no idea how much I put away in terms of savings um, each week after I take out all my expenses and things like that. Uh, because I, I, I still live at home and thankfully uh, my parents do buy the groceries and things like that. So I'd say I'm lucky in the sense that my expenses are pretty minimal um, and I am def- I definitely acknowledge how privileged I am in that sense. And I think on top of that, I, I live generally a pretty frugal lifestyle as well. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not too flashy when it comes to uh, clothes and bags and whatnot. Even with things like makeup and skincare and whatnot, like I, I never wear makeup, so I think that's one big expense that I don't have to pay for on a regular basis. Skincare, I keep it pretty basic. Use a cleanser and a moisturizer, um, and that's pretty much it. And then. Um, in terms of even the having no holidays as well has helped with saving money because I can't really go anywhere. Um, a lot of people then, have found out with COVID that it's been forced savings and they've actually yeah. ended up a lot better off than they might have. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's definitely helped. My group of friends as well, we're pretty low-key when it comes to hanging out. Like, we're not, we don't do anything super flashy. Like, we might go out for dinners and things like that. But other than that, we find quality time just spent just hanging out at someone's apartment or something like that, or their flat. Well, you're hanging out at a friend's house right now, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. So we don't really go out. Like, we do go out occasionally to celebrate and just treat ourselves. But in terms of spending quality time together, just hanging out at someone's place is all we need. I definitely acknowledge sometimes, you know, if your friends do live a bougie lifestyle, you do feel like you need to keep up with the Joneses a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I think I'm fortunate that, um, yeah, my friend group, we're... Uh, We're a pretty chill, low-key bunch, and I think that's helped as well with saving. Victoria, how much do you think you've spent on beauty, makeup, skincare in your life? I agreed to uh, do a podcast not to be personally victimised by Ryan John. (laughs) Well, I just find a lot of, and I know it's such a do thing to say, but 
a lot of people spend a like it's a really expensive crazy industry. I'm not right? gonna lie, I spend a lot on skincare. Yeah. As someone who had acne as a teenager and literally till I was like twenty six or twenty seven, skincare has always been something I've spent a lot of money on. So I think that it's naive of me to say like, oh everyone can save the same because genuinely my confidence was based on the skincare I would purchase because I'd just feel so much better if I didn't, you know, have the acne that was there. Yeah. So I think out. it's I think it's important to acknowledge that but also I think what I'm hearing from you as well is that you're surrounded by like-minded people and that actually helps so much to be on the same page and have good savings habits would you say that your friends are you know similar in when it comes to saving yeah I think it it definitely helps being surrounded by like-minded people and in terms of savings habits and things like that yeah, I think I think my friends are pretty good at saving, based from what I know, at least. I've never seen my friends go nuts on spending crazy amounts of cash on really frivolous things all the time. What I loved is when you said, when you're considering a purchase, you think to yourself, will purchasing this make me happier? And it seems like... The That's sim- a really cool thing. It seems think. like such a simple thing to ask, but A, be quite powerful and B, I'm guessing it's had a huge impact on you being able to save as much as you have. Yeah, I think it's... I'd say that I've really only started asking myself that question recently. Um, I think having watched like a couple of documentaries on um, industries like fast fashion and things like that, I really learned that, you know, sometimes when I do have those cravings, it's just, I'm just really after a bit of a dopamine hit, right? And um, that I don't need to buy stuff to fulfill that void. I look back and think, oh, even if I had bought that dress, I don't think, you know, I would have really enjoyed it probably within the first wave, but then afterwards it's a bit like, Oh, you know, you kind of get over it a little bit. That's that so sense? true. That is yeah. so, so true. And I think that level of introspection is something really rare in someone so young. I know when I was 24, I wasn't thinking, like, is this purchase going to make me happier? Am I doing the right thing for me? Like, what are my goals? Like, I wasn't thinking that way at all. So when I meet people who do think that way, I'm always like, wow, how cool would it have been if I did that when I was younger? At the same time as knowing that my money story is my money story and like, I'm just on my own journey. So that's actually awesome. Do you think that growing up, did your parents teach you that? Or is that something that you just have always had ingrained in you? Like my parents never really taught me, but I think just watching them and being around them and seeing how they spend their money has definitely influenced me. They haven't directly influenced me, but it's more so in an indirect way. Yeah, that's really cool. Growing up, were they just having money conversations around the dinner table or was it something a bit more hush-hush? Is that how you've become so open with it? We didn't really have open conversations about it around the dinner table. It wasn't hush-hush either. I'd say um, I'm pretty open about talking about my finances to my, my family and my really close friends. I think it's important to help one another and it helps to talk about it even like when it comes to work and things like that to know what how much roughly you should be asking for um, in terms of salary and things like that and also it's a good way to educate yourself and learn from other people as well it's never about bragging or anything like that that's certainly not my objective of being open about it at all but I think yeah it's definitely just that sharing of information. Oh, no, knowledge think... is power when you're trying to oh, exactly. speak to an yeah. employer or something like that. Yeah. Question. You mentioned buying a house. We read that you wanted to live your hipster dreams and live in the inner west of Sydney. <laughs> um, yeah. How much, and this isn't a, a knowledge question, but just a curiosity because we don't live in Sydney. How much is it for a 
smallish two-bedroom, you know, in inverted commas, first home in the inner west in Sydney? Uh, so most of the properties that I've kind of looked at in the inner west are probably around about seven hundred thousand dollars and oh upwards. And, and what do you um, get? That, yeah, what do you yeah, get for seven hundred? <laughs> yeah. So most of the properties that I've looked at, which are, are around seven hundred thousand, are two bedrooms, uh, one bathroom, and one car park, so, and they're around yeah, so anywhere along I guess the inner west train line uh, as we call it in Sydney so yeah it's so it's expensive to be alive yeah. <laughs> you know I was looking at property prices in Melbourne because um, my wife has an office in Melbourne as well and I was like oh goodness, these are still eye-wateringly high prices but I think it, I think it's a little bit more affordable than Sydney um, but yeah I guess, oh guess we'll, wait, we'll see can I tell you something that'll annoy the both of you? Okay, I'm the first. Oh, my, my first. My first house that I bought was in Bunbury, which was a few hours south of Perth in Western Australia. It's where I met my now wife, Bridget. Hey, now wife. Thank you. Uh, it's a purchase on the beach, right on the beach. Two bedrooms, wow. one bathroom. Two hundred and ten thousand. It oh, costs. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, uh, our one of our producers, Jess, just looked at me and whispered, "Get." F- <laughs> <laughs> She's so classy. I love yeah, it. Um, She's from the West here in Melbourne. Yeah, she knows so what's uh, up. She knows what's up. Uh, does that hurt your soul to hear Money Diarist? Hurts my yes, soul. Yes, it does. Wow. Oh, that's Two, nice. Can you imagine? Like 210. No, get in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> the stamp duty was like an extra three grand. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, All right. Is, is really, before I uh, keep bragging, uh, V, is there anything else we want to ask our money dice? Because uh, thank you so much for sharing so much. It's been enlightening so. and very impressive. Yeah, you're fun to talk to. So thank you so much for coming on. I think you've given us so much information and it's just been a really interesting story to hear, especially because you don't exactly know how you've done it. You've just, you know, always been a good saver. And obviously from little habits, big things grow. And, you know, obviously being surrounded by like-minded people is really important as well. And yeah, I love it. It's been awesome talking to you guys. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming, friend. Have a beautiful rest of the day. All right, so it is now time to wrap the show. Just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respects to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands, waterways and skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring for the land on which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. Now, guys, keep in mind that the advice shared on She's on the Money is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. And we do promise I am actually an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management Proprietary Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. And again, thanks to Ryan John and to Beck, our producing legends who whip this show into the show that it is. Yep, if you've got a great story that you think the community would appreciate, send me an email, ryan.john at cheesonthemoney.com.au and maybe you or someone you know can be on an episode in the future. Thanks for joining, friends. See you next week.